Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares, our weekly program here from the studios of Gethsemane Global Radio in Lexington, South Carolina. I want to thank you for joining us here this morning. We want to go right to our special guest here. He is the director of an unusual ministry, and um, this ministry is called Sela International. And I want to give plenty of time for this ministry this morning because, again, it is a unique ministry in the sense of it, it is involved with the counseling, particularly of pastors and missionaries. And uh, the gentleman that I'm going to be speaking with is a former missionary himself for a number of years. And I want to welcome to the program Brother Chris Phillips. He is the director of SELA International. Brother Chris, I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares this morning. Thank you, Brother Blake. It's a pleasure to be here and honor, actually, to be able to talk with you today. I found that about the ministry kind of in a roundabout way, and it really intrigued me in the sense of particularly the emphasis uh, with regard, number one, to counseling, and that's something you don't hear a lot about. Um, and and I certainly, at the outset of the program, I don't want to uh, say in any way that this takes the place, and brother, I know you would agree with this, that this does not take the place of the local church or the pastor and certainly uh, the pastoring of the flock. And um, But at the same time, this is a, um, brother Chris, we'd call it a support uh, for the lack of another term, and I'm very thankful for what God has raised up there. Brother Chris, first of all, tell us, how did Sela International begin? What, what was its foundation? Thank you, Brother Blake. And by the way, yes, completely 100% agree that God's work is done through the local church. Um, we are all about the local church, and that is where this ministry actually began. Amen. Is the, seed, the seeds were planted years ago when we were planting a local church in the Dominican Republic. Um, it legally began uh, two and a half years ago in December of 2020, as we were coming, uh, well, right in the middle of COVID actually, and we had just turned over our Hispanic church that we planted in Charleston to the national pastor. And um, I think we'll talk about this a little bit further down in the program. But um, two and a half years ago, the Lord made it clear to my wife, Dawn, and I that he wanted us to take a step of faith and begin this biblical counseling ministry focused on ministers and missionaries. Uh, we had been in missions for 24 years, and the Lord just um, brought us through some deep waters. And in the meantime, we had also come alongside many other pastors and missionaries when they were struggling and were able to share our experiences with them and then be able to come alongside and see them continue on in ministry by God's grace. So to answer your question, two and a half years ago, we were only two and a half years old, brother, 
at Sailor International. Interesting uh, how the Lord brought that all about just from the standpoint of the past and God using that, uh, as you mentioned, to bring this into the focus of helping people, particularly, as you said, with pastors and missionaries. Um, Brother, how did the Lord, uh, let me delve a little bit here, as far as what initially prompted this, was there one particular uh, or several events in your life that prompted this to say, hey, there's a need? Can you elaborate on that for us a little bit? As I mentioned, we were missionaries in Cuba and in the Dominican Republic, and then in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, my wife was diagnosed with lupus when we were in the Dominican Republic. And that constituted a change of direction uh, for us, but I didn't want to go that direction. The Lord allowed a crisis in our lives with my wife's health, which was going to constitute a move back to the States for her health and for her to be able to heal from that. But I didn't want to. I I, I could not imagine why God would allow us to go to the foreign field and then have to come back to the States after all that went into moving to the foreign field. For a missionary, that is the worst, to, to have to come home off the field. And... We couldn't understand it also because the Lord was blessing the work. There were people being saved and groups coming from the states that were bringing their teenagers, and teenagers were being called into missions. And just, just it was just a wonderful ministry the Lord had allowed us to serve in. And so we struggled with that. Out of that was born the burden of missionaries and even pastors facing different unexpected crises and trials in their lives that overwhelm them and create questions in their mind, even doubts of their calling. And for a person who's in leadership, when you're experiencing those and trying to maintain a front that things are well, um, trying to write good missionary prayer letters, I tell you what, Brother Blake, we can write some good ones, but behind the scenes, Things weren't always going well. Um, To continually live that, it puts a strain on your walk with the Lord, on your marriage, and on your family. Um, We thank God that he provided a couple who were biblical counselors that flew down to the Dominican, and they spent a week with us, brother. They invested into us. They spoke truth to us. Um, And as a pastor and a missionary, you're the one speaking truth. But when it's turned and there's someone speaking truth to you, it takes a lot of humility to receive things that you already know. Amen. And then open, open your heart up that, oh, well, maybe I'm not applying those to my life. And that is where the seed was planted back in 2005, 2006 for this ministry. We had no idea we were going to do this full time one day. But in God's providence, we came back to Charleston, South Carolina, where my wife received um, uh, medical help. Uh, Brother Blake, she is in remission now, Amen. for which we thank the Lord. Amen. And we were able to plant another church, um, a Hispanic church in Charleston. 
And while we were in Charleston, we were exposed to biblical counseling training. Um, our Hispanic church uh, went through a lay counseling program where we translated all the materials and piloted that for the biblical counseling center in, Char- in um, Chicago. After we were exposed to the nuts and bolts of what biblical counseling is, um, the intense discipleship that goes deep into the issues that every family faces in marriage, uh, emotions, depression, conflict. Uh, when we went through that training with our church, um, the transformation in those first generation Christians, it was just amazing how our church was transformed and the maturity level that was brought about because of that. So that motivated Don and I about eight years ago now to begin our certification for uh, biblical counseling. And didn't we, we didn't know we were going to do it full time one day. But God, every step brought us to this point to where now we are just so honored to be able to enter in that sacred space of suffering or sin in the lives of ministry leaders. And our goal is to do restoration as far as is biblically possible and as far as they're willing to go in order to see them continue on faithful to the Lord and um, see the Lord heal marriages and restore people to the right relationship to the Lord. Brother, the uh, scripture verse that comes to my mind, and uh, in fact, I had it open before we even went on the air here, was the Apostle Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them who are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Brother Chris, I can't uh, but help but just uh, encapsulate just that brief uh, description of your uh, description of what God did uh, in bringing you and your wife from the DR into the States because of a situation medically-wise and then turn that around and um, cause you to have triumph and then to be able to have a ministry that you can comfort those wherewith you were comforted yourself. Brother, is that not a scriptural principle for sure? Absolutely. Brother Blake, and I believe that God, our perspective many times towards suffering is that we can't imagine that God would allow it, um, especially when we're serving him. That's one of our questions that we ask whenever we go through difficulties in our marriages uh, with our children as spiritual leaders and also personally with personal suffering and health. We, we tend to say, God, I'm serving you. Why would you allow this? Um, but God looks at it from a different perspective. He, he says that this suffering as he said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, um, that this suffering is for a purpose, and I will not remove it from your life because it is going to be the biggest blessing as it draws you closer to me, and you'll be able to see that my grace truly is sufficient so that we can even glory in that suffering. God turns it and, and completely reverses uh, that 
tragedy or that excruciating suffering in our lives for his glory. Amen. I'm reading a book right now, um, the autobiography of John Patton. And I'm, brother, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he was a minister and a missionary to the New Hebrides Islands in the 1800s. And uh, just the things that that man went through, and I'm thinking of your quote earlier, how that you just couldn't believe after all of what you had gone through to get to the field and now this has happened, and God's bringing you home. And here was a man that lost his wife and child within the first three months of being in yes, on the field. And the same questions invaded his mind, just like they did yours. And he had to wade through all of the questions and that God strengthened him. But it took a while for that to happen. And, uh, and Brother Chris, with this particular ministry, uh, I know that when, when missionaries or pastors that are leaders, they come and they are uh, troubled in their minds about particularly what has happened, um, you can definitely say, hey, I've been there, I've done it, I've seen what God can do. There certainly has to be some testimonies of people who have gone through those things. But first of all, again, the strength that God gave to you and how that you, he brought you through that, how did he eventually uh, strengthen you to bring you to that point that you saw clearly what God had done? Well, it began back that week when those counselors were with us in the Dominican, um, asking us questions, uh, going deep with our theology and also our view, worldview on how God works and what God's will might be for us. And we were, we were brought face to face with that. I would have to say that I had to come to the point where I was willing to trust God, um, even through doubt, even though it did not make sense. Um, and I was brought to the number one priority face to face of my life. In Ephesians chapter 5 that says um, that we are called as husbands to give ourselves for our wives. No other person are we called to give ourselves for in Scripture. We're to give ourselves for our wives if you're married. And so that tended to clear everything up uh, to where that ministry was not the end all for me. We were willing to give it up. And we didn't know what the future was going to hold. I just knew that I had to take care of her. And so we took those steps to come back to the States and by God's grace, he allowed us to plant another church. And brother Blake, I, I have to tell you that I believe that because of that week, we were able to continue on in ministry. And because of that week with those counselors, I believe that's why my children are all in ministry today. It, it just doesn't make sense that they would want to continue on after some of the deep things that we went through. Um, but I give all the glory and praise to the Lord that that's what, um, that's what happened. And so he brought us through that, brother. And what is so humbling is that we now since have been able to come alongside over 170 pastors or missionaries, their wives, their children, 
um, and be able to walk them through um, the same steps that the dear servants of the Lord walks us through. And they're able to see the truths from the Lord. Now, healing doesn't take place in a week. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes months. Yes. But healing is there. And that's what I was thinking, my brother. Um, it's sometimes uh, the, the, the doubts, the wounds, uh, they run deep. And um, as, we, as we well know, the more severe the wound is on our bodies physically, the longer it takes to heal. Uh, I, would, I would think, not necessarily I know, but I would think, that uh, the depths sometime that need to be healed, um, sometimes surgery is needed, that type of thing. It takes a while for these things to occur. Brother Chris, I can't help but think that the patience of uh, the need with regard to the counseling and uh, and just uh, the help that it is needed there, as you said, it doesn't come overnight, Brother, tell us a little bit about uh, the function of SELA with regard to how, number one, do people find you if they have a need? And um, and tell us a little bit about that procedure. Our theme uh, is based on Hebrews 12 that really gives us our greatest joy, Brother Blake. It says in verses 12 and 13 of Hebrews 12 that, um, after God's chastening hand, after he allows that discipline to take place, that we're to come alongside others to see the weak hands and the feeble knees strengthened and the limbs that are out of joint healed to put things back in place. Um, and so the way we do that is um, a missionary family or a pastor um, or a ministry leader, Christian school uh, teacher, someone in full-time Christian ministry, will visit our website, and they will click in the top right-hand corner, schedule help now, or contact us. And that's what gets the ball rolling. Once they contact us, we'll receive that uh, via email, and then one of our staff will reach out, and we'll begin to give you a form to fill out to help us understand what's going on. And then we'll schedule you either in person or virtually to begin the counseling relationship. Um, in person, of course, is always best, but when you're 13 hours time change difference away, it's not always possible to get here. Um, so we normally typically begin missionary counseling virtually with the goal of them coming to the new property that God provided for us just out of Columbia, South Carolina. Um, 48 acres of two structures where we're able to house pastors and missionaries and spend several days with them just like that couple spent with us Um, and be able to see the Lord do a deep intensive work Um, as we go through that it is intensive and so therefore um, there has to be um, grace given there has to be patience as you mentioned Um, we don't believe that the change comes about in our counseling sessions The change comes about when you leave and you begin to create new habits and rhythms based out of a heart that desires to please the Lord in your local churches. And so we have several um, pastors and missionaries that come to us that say that they 
did not see the actual effect of the counseling until they began to get back into their local churches. And as we talked about from, from the very first part of this program, Brother Blake, the local church is where change takes place. Um, but sometimes we need a push. Sometimes we need some direction. And sometimes we need someone that does understand to, um, to, to listen and then to give solid biblical answers Absolutely. to the trials we're facing. Absolutely, my brother. I, I could not have said it better um, just from the standpoint of, and I thought about um, our pastor here, and um, there are there is a, a large number in the flock here and uh, at this local church here, and I'm thinking about him and all that uh, the daily care, as Paul said, of the churches. And I, I, I mean, just the burden that Paul had alone, and I think of the the burden that pastors have of so many people and, uh, and everybody has needs. Everybody has needs time. As you said, the pastors, the leaders, the missionaries, they're, they're giving all the time and yet trying to maintain uh, a full tank is if you would, with regard to their relationship with the Lord. And a lot of times, as you said earlier, uh, you can write a good letter and it can sound good on the face, but what is going on behind the scenes, a lot of times there is such a need there. I appreciate the, the candidness and the honesty of that, brother, because uh, it really does tell the fact that uh, uh, missionaries and pastors, uh, they can lose their edge and they can get things out of whack, if you would. And they need somebody to come alongside. And, uh, and I'm thankful for what God has taught you concerning that. You mentioned the property aspect of things and how that God provided. Tell us the story behind that. That sounds very intriguing in and of itself. Uh, we, as I said, we began uh, two and a half years ago. And we were in Charleston at the time, uh, right after we turned over our Hispanic church to the national pastor. And at that time when we began, we were just doing counseling virtually out of our home. And there were two Christian business people that um, opened up their second home for missionaries and pastors that would come into town that would need counseling. And so they would allow them to stay there. Um, but it wasn't ideal. Uh, during COVID, it was great because no one was, was traveling. Everything was open. So, yes. But then when COVID was over, it was very difficult to try to schedule uh, those housing uh, needs. And so we began to pray from day one for the Lord to provide a place that was in nature, that was secluded, isolated as church, as uh, pastors and missionaries live in glass houses. And so it needed to be somewhere where they could come apart and not have eyes on them to be able to uh, truly be transparent. And so we began to pray about that. And my sister-in-law uh, sent us a link to a property back last spring and about a year ago. And she said, this looks like it would work for y'all. And we looked at it, came and visited, and it was incredibly perfect for what we do. It's got space now to house four families at a time. Um, and so we began to pray, and we threw the need out there um, starting Labor Day, September 2022. And 
within about four months, the money came in, brother, $900,000 came in uh, that allowed us to purchase the property. Um, and if you come on the property, you'll see that it's only about 20 minutes south of Columbia in Gaston, South Carolina, but uh, the potential for um, for personal counseling, but not only that, for pastors to bring their staffs for a staff retreat, uh, we can have uh, like a one-day um, refresh retreat for pastors, missionaries, for their wives. Um, we can have um, all kinds of activities for churches, local churches here in the area, if they're interested in that. So it's it's more than just a counseling center now, although that is going to maintain the focus, personal counseling. Um, the Lord can just use this for missionary debriefing, where we bring a family off the, that comes off the field and are transitioning for furlough or heading back to the States to help them and their children process uh, that cultural change yes. that sometimes sends missionary kids reeling and they never recover from it. Yes. Uh, so this is a perfect place for that as well. Brother, the, uh, uh, this program uh, is not only a stateside program, but it's international because we have folks that listen uh, from other parts of the world. And uh, SELA, in and of its name itself, is SELA International. And uh, as you mentioned earlier in the program, that uh, anybody from anywhere in the world can get a hold of you and uh, and schedule the help that they need through the auspices of your website brother give us the address of the website real quick how folks would get in contact with you yes sir it's simply salainternational.org that is the website the email address is info at salainternational.org pretty simple and they can, uh, any information that they need, brother, they can get it right there as far as signing up, contact, uh, finding out about the ministry, everything there. In fact, I'm looking right now at the page that deals with uh, your passion and how uh, a lot of this got started, and there's a lot of great information there. Brother Chris, as is our custom here on Weed Among the Tares, uh, we always have a brief time of prayer for the ministry that we are speaking with, the person, uh, etc. So I want to take just a moment, if we could, to, to um, uh, pray for you. And I wanted to ask, before we do that, uh, is there one particular request that is paramount on your heart at this moment that we and our listeners uh, can pray for? Well, so many requests, brother. I guess right now where we sit, our biggest request would be this, that if there is a ministry leader that is struggling, thinking about throwing in the towel or in hidden sin, life-dominating sins, don't wait too late. There is help to be found. So would you just pray that the Lord would open hearts of those that are struggling right now silently uh, behind the scenes, faking it, putting up an image. Just pray that they would have the courage to reach out and to get help uh, so that God can be glorified. Um, that, that would be our biggest prayer. right? Amen. Now. Amen. Well, let's do just that. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak to Brother Chris Phillips this morning 
of SELA International. Thank you for uh, that ministry that you have raised up and birthed, Lord, through the adversity and sufferings of he and his wife and what you planted, Lord, years ago in their hearts that you have brought to fruition. Thank you so much, Lord, for how it's made an impact on many already. And as Brother Chris voiced um, the request for those that may listen to this program, listening today or listening via podcast later on, uh, Lord, if there's one that is struggling and and hiding behind a veneer, I pray that, Lord, that they would have the courage, as Brother Chris said, to step from behind the veneer and to face what they really are, and, Lord, that they can and will obtain help through, uh, Lord, the suffering and situation. And I pray for their courage again that they would do just that. Bless Brother Chris, Lord, the staff there, those that minister, and uh, thank you for the provision of a place to be. Thank you, Lord, for providing for the money necessary to pay for the property. And, Lord, my pr- prayer is that your richest blessings be upon them. Thank you for this time, and thank you again for the kindness that you show to us day by day and strengthen us with the Scriptures. Thank you, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Chris Phillips, Sayla International Director. Brother Chris, thank you for taking time this morning out of, I know, a busy schedule to speak with us here on Wheat Among the Tares, and we trust God will bless you tremendously there. Thank you for having me, Brother Blake, and I look forward to having more communication in the future. God bless you. You too, my brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. And I want to thank you for joining us this morning for Wheat Among the Tares. It's been our pleasure to bring this program to you. Pray for us here, and have a good day in the Lord. 